Irish politicians look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to heat, and the old beast milk and welfare. WSIC News Radio, and you're listening to We're Just Saying with Vicki Lynn and David. Hey, we'd like to be part of our show. uh, Let me do my intro. Okay, yes, sir. 844 Studio (laughs) 4. If you'd like to be on the show, we are streaming live on the WSIC News Facebook page as well as YouTube. Vicki Lynn, how are you doing today? (laughs) Vicki Lynn is coming in strong. (laughs) I'm coming in in hot. For those who don't know, Vicki Lynn chose our intro music. I did, and I hope many of you will choose to listen to that song today if you haven't already like my co-host David Coble. I mean I used to think you were cool <laughs> today I'm questioning that uh, it's fair it's fair the criticism obviously is warranted because I have no idea what that song is I had uh, never heard it before um, and but, but you apparently in lieu of show prep stayed yes, up till 1am I did listening to that song I did guys so we're talking about the, the song by Oliver Anthony who's a I guess truly an overnight sensation um, Richmond north of Richmond and it is really struck a chord with most everybody who actually knows the song. Um, I may have ordered a sticker. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, You struck a chord. No pun intended. Yeah, right, right. But, I mean, it's just like this this, uh, breathy, wonderful, um, just an anthem about the problems and issues that uh, folks are facing each and every day in their life. I mean, you know, he goes on, and the thing is about actually just it's a theme song against politicians. And I actually was set up at 1 o'clock, last night thinking about how I didn't like myself after I heard that song. I was, I was like, oh. So there was deep, it was a song that, that uh, sort of invoked deep reflection on your yes, part? Yes, you know what, it does. It absolutely <laughs> does. So I hope you will take time today, David Kobold, to listen to the words in that song. It is, uh, especially from a, a man from Candler, North Carolina, you will you will understand the uh, folksy blues of that. Now tune. I do enjoy a good folksy blues. Yeah. Um, as a as you mentioned, Dave, as a as a boy from who grew up in Candler, North Carolina, I do enjoy good bluegrass folksy music. Yeah. I've spent my time at the uh, Dixie Stampede down in Pigeon Forge, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm back to my roots, so to speak, well, when I, I listen to that. He I guess. does. There one of the songs, that, part of the song that really gets to me is he basically is just saying that politicians are, um, you know, just using and abusing people and his, his dollar ain't blank um, and he's working for overtime and, and it just it just it just hits that chord of discontent that I think a lot of folks are feeling here, um, not only in North Carolina, but across the nation about working hard, coming home, you know, drinking away your blues, um, and then getting up again the next day and doing it over and over again. And so he's, it's just been a, it's, it's a sensational is number one on the billboards, like an overnight sensation. And, um, he recently had found God and it's just, it's just a really good story. So I'm excited I think I'm overselling it to you, though. <laughs> I, I think say, I think you're not well, I mean, really going to like it. I listen, well, no, I listened to the intro, obviously, I, yeah. and, and again, I, I enjoy the good a good folksy twang. So, but I <laughs> uh, I will definitely as as prep as show prep for next week. Yes, I will listen to it uh, and and get the underlying deeper meanings and everything like that to come in for in depth discussion with Thank you next you. week. I will commit to do that <laughs> if you will commit to actually putting in a little more effort I next will. week in the prep for our show. I will, and I am so sorry about. that. 
bad. I, I just got swept away. And and quite frankly, I was just watching other people's reactions to the song, and it just is very, very moving. And But anyways, speaking of moving, last week, I'm so grateful that uh, you had Robbie Carney in here and yes. uh, picked up my slack again. That's that's quite all right. Yeah. I, I explained to your uh, your devoted audience <laughs> that you were, in fact, doing TV. Uh, you, yes. have, you know, you've graduated from, you know, I have, like I say, I have the face for radio. You have the face for TV. <laughs> so I will pick up the slack whenever uh, needed. But no, it was a great discussion about economic development yeah. and um, sort of, you know, what um, how communities uh, can look at economic development, how you get quality economic development, how you are really proactive uh, in your management of mm -hmm. how you want your communities to grow which obviously is key for pretty much everywhere in your district yeah. right now right. Uh, because you you uh, you know have a Senate district that really, it's growth really up and down the board, um, mm -hmm. up and down I-77 for you. Right, absolutely. And and one of the bills that we'll get into a little bit later is that the governor vetoed, and um, that was another thing hard, hard to watch that was emotional for me to watch is listening to his veto statement on the election uh, bill that we have passed. But um, the other bill that we had passed about the um, board and commissions is to basically take away the um, board appointments for the Department of Transportation and, and not so heavily be in the governor's purview and actually give it to the General Assembly so that we can start addressing things um, through um, direct appointments from the General Assembly so that people can have a little bit better uh, voice on transportation. But yeah, you're right. It's not economic development, all of economic development all up and down I-77 is a big issue. And it's, we can tell the same story that almost any suburban area tells um, all over North Carolina. Thinking of like Apex and Morrisville, not mm -hmm. Mooresville. Yeah, Moore's. Um, but we all we all have the same issues. Um, uh, they We have folks, farmland is disappearing and concrete buildings are going, you know, going in and, and face to that. And, and how do we as, you know, policymakers figure out that out and how do you get the right type of development? So I was really grateful for Robbie uh, Carney talking about that because it was, it was just like, it's, it's thoughtful, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he was thoughtful and very deliberate and it was a good behind the scenes look on how economic development actually works here. No, it absolutely was. But you actually, um, you know, obviously, you know, there's things still going on in Raleigh, still waiting on uh, finalizations of budgets oh, uh, gosh, and everything yeah. like that. Drama um, yeah, but a lot of um, uh, some articles that came out, um, I guess, earlier this week and last week, um, casinos and uh, gaming getting a, lot of, getting a lot of uh, attention inside the news. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been, um, you know, there, there was a, a news article that came out sort of highlighting, I guess it was an original uh, draft of the bill and considerations sure. dealing with casinos, tar uh, you know, really targeting, uh, you know, for casinos, uh, placing them in rural areas yeah. uh, for the purposes of economic development. But one of the interesting things about it, a couple of the counties uh, identified uh, uh, really have started coming out saying, no, we don't right. want this kind of uh, economic development. So talk a little bit about sort of the gaming and from the Senate standpoint, obviously, we've heard um, some about it um, on Representative Sane's show mm -hmm. uh, from a House standpoint. Talk to me a little bit about the Senate and sort of what the thinking is behind the casino game. Yeah, so thanks for the opportunity for that because I don't know that the Senate has a position. I know that um, we have been uh, educated a little bit about the amount of money that can be drawn into North Carolina because of the casinos. Um, there is, you know, this push and pull about casinos actually are economic development because you will have people who come in and have high paying jobs and, and work in the service industry. And, and, and the thought of these casinos as being something that you just see like Atlantic city or something like that, it's not those type of venues, right? These are high quality, uh, you know, very um, strategically placed and developed you know, properties that will absolutely transform 
you know, certain areas. And the thought is, is that in those rural communities that would not be able to attract business otherwise, a casino would be something that, that would be able to do it. Now, Yes, about the Senate position. I, we, I don't know that we really have a collective Senate position. Um, I know that we have consternation on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, some folks, and, and Senator Berger has been very open about being pro-casinos, uh, pro um, specifically about the economic development portion of that in those rural counties. However, in his own county, Rockingham, uh, the county commissioners were voting to allow for a parcel of land to be rezoned that could possibly be a casino. It wasn't for casinos, but just changing the zoning on that. My understanding from the news article is that um, six, they had so much, many people come out against the casinos. There were six different rooms, overflow rooms during that meeting because they couldn't fit so many you know people wow. in there. Uh, it's just <clears> they, <throat> they voted to approve it. Um, but obviously in that community, it's not well received. So yeah. how, how is this going to work? I, I just don't know. Well, and it's interesting because I think, you know, it's a it's a it's new for North Carolina. Obviously, the the debate was had uh, when we brought the lottery in. The mm-hmm. debate was had when we uh, brought sports betting in. Mm-hmm. You know, casinos obviously are an, are another sort of step in that direction. Yeah. And so it's going to bring the same, you know, type of arguments, debate and everything like that. So be interesting to see how all that shakes yeah, out. Absolutely. You're listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio. We'll be right back. All right. Do you want to do it again? That's what I'm talking about. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. Welcome back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. Like to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are streaming live on the WSIC News Facebook page as well as YouTube. And I did forget to mention at the top of the show, sure. you know, because of the uh, because of the the, the music and, and your your uh, your devotion to it, that we are live from Studio C uh, oh, for Coble. So I forgot gosh. to mention yes. I forgot to mention that. Yes. You know, there's right. major sponsor dollars involved in that. <laughs> But um, uh, it's interesting. You and I were just talking in the break, and you were pulling it up. The uh, Trump has, uh, uh, you know, former President Trump has made a triumphant return to the artist formerly known as Twitter X uh, with his mugshot. And I got, and I just laugh because it seems to me with every indictment and him coming. I mean, regardless of how you feel, right, about w- the charges, the regardless of how you feel about Trump or anything like that. He does have next level troll game. He does. He really does. <laughs> and and coming back to to X or, or Twitter, just announcing, hey, I'm I'm returning, and here's my mugshot. Yeah. It just it's like it shows you this is how unserious I take all of this, and how unserious you should too. Yeah. It really is next level. I mean, I, I you gotta appreciate it. <laughs> I was just looking. I love his mugshot. I mean, that's the you know it's historic. I, we have never had a mugshot of a former president in history, and and it's Donald Trump. It is. Of I mean, you it thought is. it would have like been Clinton. And he embraces it. You yeah. would have thought. I mean, you really thought it would have been like maybe a Clinton or, you know, some other nefarious uh, president in the recent memory, but... Well, to be fair, you don't want to be the person that, that takes uh, that, that that shot of Clinton. Um, <laughs> you know, he'll, him, or, uh, Bill or Hillary, because you'll you'll get Epstein in that situation. Um, <laughs> Epstein didn't kill himself. I'm just saying. You're just I'm saying? Just, I'm just saying. Well, if you'd appreciate this song <laughs> at the beginning of this, they have an Epstein reference about minors on an island. So. They uh, they do. It's yes, like it's like uh-huh. that song's just got all things it's, to all people. All th- that's the only research I did for the show today, so that's what we're going to continue to talk. So, no, but, did yeah, you spend some time uh, watching the president? On when he was live on X with Tucker Carlson and the or the Republican debate, a little bit, yeah, I did. Um, but for the most part, I 
I kind of tuned out because mm-hmm. I felt like it was um, political theater for the most part. And I'm, I'm just really want, really interested in policy anymore. Um, and so, you know, I, I did see some snippets and stuff. And um, I know Chris Christie had a, you know, kind of a back and forth with uh, Vivek or mm-hmm. I'm going to say that wrong. Vivek. Vivek. Oh, yeah. Vivek Ramaswamy. I got the, yes. back, I got the last name right. Yes. Right. Vivek. Okay. Yeah. And so I know there was some back and forth and some Twitter fodder. Um, I will say that I did think that uh, I know folks who think that Vivek is a like conspiracy theorist and hard right winger. And um, but he does make some really good points on some things that make you think. And he's, he says things that um, haven't been said in a, or, or thought through in a long time. And so he's actually refreshing. Um, but we just had a Civitas poll come out. So Civitas is a conservative think tank here in North Carolina. Uh, they merged a while ago with the John Locke Foundation. So they're a, they're a policy think tank that leans conservative. And they just did a poll and actually b- agreed. 74% of North Carolinians want to see somebody other than Trump and Biden in the White House. And David, I don't know how you feel, but I just am kind of... I don't know if it's like a COVID hangover over all that stuff or what. I'm just, I appreciate President Trump. I kind of am in that 74% range. You know, I I find myself there, you know, as well. And you brought up, you know, Vivek, Um, you know, he is, he does, he's very eloquent. Mm. He's very engaging. Um, He, you know, and he's got a great story uh, Mm. from, you know, coming from an immigrant family. And building a business and and really becoming a, a huge success, um, you know, he's sort of filling what I call sort of that 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 Ron Paul void, yeah. where you know Ron Paul for for years, yeah. you know, while he had some kooky things, a conspiracy theorist thing out there, his his comments on monetary policy, his comment on debt, his comment on the Feds, I mean, you know, prove prescient in many instances mm-hmm. and touch into you know real concerns that people have mm-hmm. um, on deeper policy issues. But I do think that you know I I find myself in that sense. Seventy-four percent as well, but I think we're all going to be disappointed I know. because it, it, I, it, barring something really, you know, just sort of, you know, uh, out of the ordinary, that mm-hmm. will be who it will be. It looks to be a rematch. But you know, I watched mm-hmm. some clips of the debate and stuff like that. You know, I think there's two, maybe three people on that stage that could reasonably, right. you know, be seen as, you know, a, a potential, um, you know, candidate for president. But I don't know that. Uh, I don't what. You're a huge Nikki Haley fan. I love Nikki Haley. I mean, actually, I, you I, and I went to her book signing. Yes, we did. We did. Yes. She came I to— I invited you to that. Yes, you did. Because I said, you need to come to this with me. And, and no, I'm a huge Nikki Haley fan. And you over Nikki Haley. So what did you, how do you think that she did? I thought she did fantastic. Yeah. Uh, here, here's, here's the thing about Nikki Haley is she's got a great policy knowledge. Uh, she's eloquent, you know, but, you know, the challenge she is going— Here's the problem is, is there are probably four, five, six— candidates on that stage mm-hmm. that could beat Joe Biden in a general election but can't make it through a Republican primary. Right. And that's, that's right. the that's the sad part right now in yeah. my mind. Because, you know, President Trump has that dedicated you know, 30 to 33 percent of people that will not under any circumstance vote mm-hmm. for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And that number seems to be growing. The more he the more Democrats go after him, the more, you know, rogue DAs go after him, the more that he is persecuted, right. if you will, right. by the system, uh, by our system of governments in these states and at the federal level, the more popular he becomes. Mm-hmm. People, you know, will say, hey, you know what? I may not be thrilled with the guy, but this is wrong. Right. This is wrong. And I'm going to voice my my thoughts on how this is wrong by voting for this guy right. and supporting this guy. And so 
but I think reasonably, you know, I, I was not overly impressed with DeSantis. I didn't mm-hmm. think he had a great. I mean, he's he's he makes good points and things like that. But he was a target um, up there, and it, it makes it tough with that many people on stage yeah. and everything. I thought Nikki Haley was very good. I will mm-hmm. continue to think Nikki Haley's very good, and, and really <laughs> hope for an opportunity for her to be on the national stage on the ticket because I think she would be a fantastic person. Yeah, and she's proven her, um, you know, her leadership uh, both as the governor of South Carolina and then when she was uh, served in the Trump administration. Um, so yeah, so she. She's absolutely impressive. Um, you know, Ron DeSantis to me is just a juggernaut as far as a governor is concerned. And I really do um, I really do hate that the the oxygen feels like it has been sucked out of his campaign mm-hmm. lately. I just feel like it's a rudderless boat at this point. Um, but he has, you know, transformed Florida. Like so when he was elected he, first time, he was barely elected, right? It was a, by the skin of his teeth um, that he got in. And then the second time he got elected, he did something that, like, does not happen, which is flip Miami-Dade to Republican. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. That would be like us flipping Charlotte Mecklenburg to vote all Republican for mm-hmm. a governor. And that is just a testament to his leadership and his style and his uh, ability to not only mobilize the vote, but to speak to people and, and do it well. Um, I just hate that he has not gotten more of track record on the national scene. And I think sometimes it maybe maybe Ramaswamy is one of the ones who is taking away some of the thunder from him because he is basically saying the same things that Ron DeSantis is saying. And um, But we'll see. But you're right. The more they persecute Trump, the better the polls. Yeah, it, it really is amazing. And I think that, you know, there's, I mean, in some polls, he leads about 40 points right. uh, over the rest of the field. Now, you know, to be fair, if you took everybody out of it and had one, um, you know, the, the field is shaping up very similar to the way it did the first time he won. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Republican primary was, you know, there were so many in it. And by the time yeah. everyone eventually got out, they're just, every, the, all the sport had just swung the other way. And it's setting up very similar to that. Um, they're, um, you know, uh, similar that same way. You are listening to We're Just Saying on WSSC News. We do have a caller here uh, for Senator Sawyer. Hi. Hi, you're on with Senator Sawyer. Good morning. Oh, no worries. Uh, our, and, uh, he, Brian will be coming on momentarily. Okay, very good. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but no, I think at the end of the day, I think we'll uh, we'll see a situation with the Republican primary where a lot of these also-rans will will get out. I mean, yeah. there's some people, you know, the former governor of Arkansas, for example. Yes. No business up there. Yeah. Um, but Brian, we do have Brian now. Hi, Brian. You're on with Senator Sawyer. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all? Doing good. Hey, How are you? Good <laughs> Good morning. Good, good. I just want I, I just wanted to thank Miss Vicky. I'm on the Ardo County School Board, and I had a concern oh. and contacted her office. And in no time, they contacted and Miss Vicky uh, met with me and uh, good conversation. And I just want to publicly thank her. Oh, thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. I enjoyed our coffee and uh, and your dedication to our students and school um, system. So thank you for and congratulations on a smooth beginning to the start of the school year. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you much. Thank you so much for calling. Y'all have a good day. Thanks yes, for sorry. calling, Brian. Thank you. Um, but it's mm-hmm. interesting because we were, um, you know, uh, talking about the Republican field and how it yes, shapes sir. up. We'll need a lot of those people will have to drop out soon. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you need, really need before New Hampshire, you know, stay in through Iowa if you really feel the need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, get out, you know, go sign your cable news. You know, Are you going to tell Nikki Haley to get out? No, because she'll still be there. <laughs> See, you. here's my here is my prediction. I have a prediction for you. Okay, I'm here. I I see a path 
where realistically, I think Nikki Haley, of everyone on that stage, I think Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are the only viable people who could potentially unseat Trump. I, okay. I firmly believe that. Ron DeSantis won because he has such a profound national, uh, mm -hmm. uh, such a huge national profile. Mm -hmm. um, but he and Trump occupy some of the same space. Nikki Haley, as a former governor, as a woman, as a minority, mm -hmm. I think fills a space that can appeal to a lot of people. And sure. I think when you, I think one of the things that I noticed from a lot of the state, um, the debate was she comes across as the adult on the stage. She comes across as the True. thinker. She comes across as the one who can pat all these guys on the head and say, oh, come on, boys. This isn't the way this goes, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a spot to be filled. And I see an avenue to where if things split correct, split the right way. And again, it's a lot of if and if. You could see Nikki Haley theoretically win the first three, um, uh, the first three uh, presidential primary okay. states. She's spending a ton of time in Iowa. I mean, a mm -hmm. ton of time in sure. Iowa. And the Iowa caucus is always surprised. They just do. The people right. down there are just always surprised. Iowa, New Hampshire, New Hampshire goes its own way yeah. all the time. I mean, yeah. New Hampshire is always sort of a little bit, you know, you know, live free or die. They go their own way. And then sure. you've got South Carolina. South Carolina, I think, would be a key. It would be tough for her to win that one. <laughs> uh, we back <laughs> South Carolina, I think would be key because mm -hmm. Tim Scott. Right. And I think her, she, and he's very popular down there. She yeah. was a popular governor. So it'd be tough for her to win that. Mm -hmm. If Tim Scott was not involved in South Carolina, right. I think you could see the first three go to Nikki Haley. Yeah. But again, that's just my initial thought. on That's it. just your blind love for Nikki Haley. It, 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 my love. blind faith political club. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, so, and I, and I, there's no shame. No, no shame. I Cause I think she's awesome. I think she'd be great. But again, the likelihood probably fair to slim, but if it happens, yes. that news broke first on this oh, show. Oh, okay. You good heard to know. it here first, all okay, right? Okay, good to <laughs> You're know. listening to We're Just Saying with Senator Vicki Sawyer on WSIC News Radio. We'll now we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. Might be part of our show, 844 Studio 4. We are also streaming live on the WSIC News Facebook page as well as on YouTube. So, uh, wait, we're out of YouTube jail, right? So, yes, we so did get out you, of YouTube jail. I was wondering if you and Robbie may have uh, tipped the scales last week. You know, weekend, we, put, put um, in, well, but. I confirmed you and I did not chip the scales the week before. <laughs> that, I think that was going to be a bigger concern than me and Robbie. And I just always assumed that we could end up there um, off of Jeff McNeely's show at any point. Oh, Okay. I just I just feel like Representative McNeely shows just that's just a, 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 a YouTube a jail waiting to happen, uh, Facebook jail, YouTube jail, um, and but you know but and, and we love uh, Representative McNeely and just joking, but oh we absolutely do, do. We? he's fantastic I, I do I think he's awesome, um, but uh, but I no can. we were talking so um, one thing we talked about last week yes. when you called into the show was uh, the General Assembly uh, remains undefeated on veto overrides, mm -hmm. uh, now we have another what appears to be soon to be veto over override. Yes. Two bills. Uh, uh, two bills. Mm -hmm. uh, first bill to talk about uh, the um, election bill. <laughs> Wait a minute. So Governor Cooper didn't call it the election bill. What did he call it? So he, he did this big three-minute video on YouTube. In fact, that video should be in YouTube jail if I were a person of um, that was able to strike something from the Internet. But it was horrible it to was. hear what he said. Well, it was, was horrible. Well, and, and the whole thing about it is, is that the... the it plays into the the I guess the standard 
right? Of yeah. that, you know, anything related to elections, anything Republicans do related to elections um, is an attack on um, minorities. It is an attack on young people. It is an attack on kittens and puppies and all, you know, they're just it's, evil, evil people. And, and, and in that video, he said, if you're young, Republicans don't want you to vote. Not true. Well, I mean, not true. Um, we want you to be 18. You know, that fair. We, yeah, fair, you should be 18 fair. to vote. If you're in college, uh, Republicans don't want you to vote. Not, not true. true. We just want to make sure you're not voting from college and back at in home. your home and at home. Yeah. Um, and if you're black or brown, Republicans yeah. don't want you to vote. No. And it's like in, in a lot of this stuff, as you mentioned, the bill primarily deals with shoring up issues around absentee ballots. Correct. Correct. And in a voter rolls. I mean, quite frankly, there are issues where we have um, folks who are fraudulently um you know, on the voter rolls, and we've got to clean those kind of things up. But let's go into the absentee ballot thing. You know, North Carolina has one of the most liberal voting policies in any state. I mean, you can, there, for the love of God, 17 days of early voting, 17 days. The reason why I know that is because I usually stand out inside, outside, <laughs> asking for your vote for 17 days days. And that is the longest, one of the longest early voting things in, um, across the state. I mean, the absentee ballot, you know, we're, we're asking that you have an actual witness and that witnesses signature is legible and that your signature actually matches one that's on file so that you're not fraudulently voting. Um, treating absentee ballots the same way that you treat a regular vote, that if it is not received before the close of election day, then it doesn't get counted. Like, it's just surprising to me. We had a, we currently North Carolina has a three day waiting or grace period. So if the ballot is cast and postmarked before election day or on election day, then and if it's received within three days and that vote counts. Well, again, I mean, there's like you can request an absentee ballot up to like 65 days before the election. Um, so if folks know that there's a hard stop on election day for absentee ballots and they will mail their ballots in earlier or drop them off. But, you know, if I show up to the polls at 8 p.m. on Election Day and want to vote, I don't vote. Yes. I don't get to vote because mm -hmm. the election and polls are closed. This is all not some, you know, you know, Governor Cooper had mentioned some kind of right wing Trump conspiracy stuff. Not at all. I think that this voting is the most important thing, that, and we have to make sure that we have laws that ensure that your and my vote counts. And that means votes of everybody, even young folks yeah. and folks who have black and brown faces and white faces and not your dog or your cat. Yeah. We, we're sorry, we are discriminating against four-legged well, animals from are. voting. Yes, you are. And so I will, own, for it. I will own up to that because I know Maggie would love <laughs> to be able to vote for Nikki Haley in the Mag primary. Maggie absolutely would cast her ballot for Nikki Haley. Yes, no she would. Yes, Maggie, if you don't know, is is the Coble's uh, beautiful dog. Um, and English when, bulldog, and she's awesome. And she's Margaret awesome. Thatcher Coble, that is what it says on her certificate. It does not. Yes, it does. That is what her is full your name. fascination with Margaret female? Thatcher I like strong women in leadership. Well, you got a problem with that? You got a problem with that? Obviously, you do. I what, do je not. Jealous much? I think maybe I am. Vicki, you're <laughs> not my only strong woman in leadership okay. that I appreciate. Okay? okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just fishing for a compliment. You I are mean... the only one I've done a radio show with. Though. Okay, good. Not that, least... I wouldn't, not that I wouldn't bolt a, in a second for Nikki Haley, but <laughs> with you, it's like, you know. But I tell you, I, I think, folks, you just witnessed the little green monster. I did. 
come out of Senator Sawyer there. I tell you what. I mean, you're gushing about Nikki Haley and your dog is named after Margaret Thatcher. I mean. Well, if you'd like, my next one could be named Vicki Lynn. How about that? No, no. See, but see, see that it's not a compliment, no, right? It's not no, a compliment. It's then. <laughs> you, know, no. you, you should just stop now. You're, people are seeing your <laughs> ugly side to you right now. I'm sorry, folks. She's much she's much nicer oh, than this. I well, promise. Okay, so I'm sorry for <laughs> Margaret Thatcher Coble that she will not be able to vote. So yes, we are discriminatory against people who aren't registered and who aren't legal. And but we just need to make sure that every vote counts. And it's so surprising to me. I mean, David, you know, just like I do, how much time energy and money that we as electeds put into elections. It's a big deal. We raise money, we spend money, we put our name, we put our family, we put everything on the line to win an election. So it is so important for us, either Republican or Democrat, to make sure that we have a fair and free and valid election system. Um, so so if I had a magic wand, I mean, I mean, if I was like Margaret Thatcher, cool, <laughs> I would actually, I would do passive aggressive. I love it. Yeah, I know. That's what happens when I don't show prep. Um, so, but I would absolutely have one day of voting like New York. I mean, make it a national holiday and everyone goes and votes on that one day. And that's what we do. Um, I do feel like, you know, Folks who cast their ballot the first day of early voting and there's 17 days of early voting then plus, you know, so basically 20 days until the deadline of the election um, after all is said and done, something could happen. Like Trump could get arrested. <laughs> you know? well, and we've seen we've seen things like that happen where candidates' criminal records have yes. come out the day before the election and or the day of the election yeah. or and you are and people have already voted. Yeah. And th these people get elected. But what I never here's what I understand the the reasoning behind uh, the governor's statement. Young people, college kids, um, black or brown people. They don't, you know, Republicans don't want you to vote. And that's what, when you look at what's in this bill, yeah. we have said, okay, there's 17 days of early voting. Why is it that Democrats believe those segments of people are incapable of planning their schedules to go and vote within that 17 days? It is insulting, we, right? It is. We have 60, 60 65 Something, days yeah, to request an absentee ballot. Why do Democrats believe that group of people is incapable of, within that time frame requesting an absentee ballot and mailing it back by election day? Right. Why is it that they believe that group of people is incapable, for example, of getting an ID mm -hmm. or, or not already having an ID, but even if they don't, incapable of going to their local uh, board of elections office to get a free ID that is now good for the next 10 years. Right. Why is it that they, that Democrats believe they must nurse maid these segments of our society through elections? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever talks about that. It's right. like, look, it's insulting to these, this group of people that the Democrats believe you are so incompetent mm -hmm. as you cannot plan your schedule, get an mm -hmm. ID or request an absent doubt and get it in on time. Yeah. Right? So yeah. It, so it's I, ridiculous. I, I I listen a lot to Candace Owens, um, and you know she's on Daily Wire, and another strong f uh, female. I'm sure. Are you a fan? Do you know who that is? Well, I feel like I should say no because if I <laughs> if I say yes, then you're going to go after her. But, but I have that, listened, and en I, I enjoy what she says <laughs> periodically. Maybe I'm kidding. No. <laughs> but you know, Candace Owens actually, and I think Larry Elders actually speak to this point about this, and um, and and actually before those two, uh, economist Thomas Sowell, who if you've not read any of his uh, works. I strongly encourage you to do that. Um, 
you know, they call it the democratic plantation. And it's this mind thought that the folks are too stupid to think for themselves, that the Democrats have to come in there and take care of them. And it is just insulting. I mean, it is it is absolutely insulting to tell a certain group of people that they're incapable of getting an ID. They're incapable of voting on time. And then they mask that actual, for me, that's the true racism. And when they they mask that and veiled it by calling Republicans racist. So they basically the accuser is committing the crime. And so, yes, I am a Republican. I'm a strong Republican. And I want everybody to vote. And I want everybody's vote to count. Yeah. And they hope that everyone who listens to that kind of stuff is uh, too unintelligent to recognize the game that they're playing. Absolutely. You're listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio. We'll be right back. Just saying with Senator Vicki Sawyer, WSIC News Radio. Welcome back. Live to be part of our show, 844 Studio 4. Also, still live on the WSIC News Facebook page and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming out of the break, uh, Senator Sawyer continued her her, her railing, uh, this time about her microphone being too low to the ground. So, it's been a, it's been a rough day here at Studio C. C is for Cobble. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so funny. You know who else we're going to try to have a rough day with? What's that? Homeowners Association. Homeowners Associations. For all you people out there who love your homeowners association, you might want to change the channel because there's there is uh, there's some there's some serious work going on around HOAs down in Raleigh right now. There are. So, David, do you love your homeowners association? My homeowners association are lovely people who uh-huh. I have no concerns with, and actually, I do have actually a good homeowners association. Yeah. Now, I, the neighborhood that I came from, um, the homeowners association uh, was you know was a source of it was a battle. Uh, yeah. It was a battle uh, in my previous neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, with homeowners associations. The one I have in my neighborhood right now, I very much appreciate. They do a good job. Our volunteer board does a good job, primarily because they pretty much leave everybody alone. Yeah. Um, and which I like. You know, they make sure that the grounds are kept neat. They make sure that people's trash cans are put up when mm-hmm. they should be, which I have no problem with. And largely leave, you know, organize some nice events for the community and, and just try to keep out of everybody's way. Yeah. That's the kind of HOA I appreciate, though that is a, a becoming the anomaly these days. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And you've also seen, or to me, it's almost like the fourth layer of government. It's like you get the feds, the states, the cities, and now HOAs. HOAs. <laughs> and the HOAs surprisingly have a lot of power and can actually foreclose on your home. Yes, if you are, if you do not have, uh, if you have not paid your HOA dues, the HOA dues, they can actually come in and yep. file foreclosures. And in some states, thankfully not in North Carolina, um, uh, HOAs. This was a big problem. Uh, I worked when I worked in banking back during the uh, home, uh, the uh, mortgage crisis in uh, 08 and 09. Uh-huh. Um, we were in the default servicing world on mortgages, and in some states, um, primarily all most of them up north, um, uh-huh. they had they they were called what they called super lean states, which basically meant first one to the courthouse wins. And so one of the leading indicators of that you were getting ready to get foreclosed on or probably weren't paying your mortgages, you weren't paying your HOA dues. Yes. And so these HOAs would get to the courthouse first and their lien would supersede the mortgage on wow. the on the uh, on the home and wow. at which point when the bank came to try to go through foreclosure and everything like that uh-huh. the HOA had beat them there and what you basically we'd ha- the banks would have to pay the house off essentially pay the own mortgage on right. it to the HOAs in order to claim the house. Yeah. And it was I mean it, it is a problem but in North Carolina 
they have, you know, HOAs have a basically taxing mm-hmm. um, authority in the sense of they uh, an HOA dues mm-hmm. have the ability to foreclose uh, policy documents and things like that. Um, some are a little more, uh, you know, generous, or I won't say generous, but a little bit more, a little tougher to yeah. pass things like that. Some have HOA boards, but you, we have seen HOA boards where people are being prosecuted for yeah. embezzling, embezzlement of funds and things like that. So mm-hmm. obviously there's some problems, but yeah, there's a couple of bills, I think, floating around. What are some of the things y'all are specifically looking to address? Yeah. Yeah, so there's just that, you know, about the um, overzealousness of some organizations to lien your property based on perceived um, infractions or fines. So it's not just if you don't pay your HOA fees, it's if, you know, you construct a outbuilding that isn't directly lined up with the sight line and you didn't get a variance from that from the HOA. And then every day that you don't, you know, move that building, you get a fine of $50, something, you know, how that, and those fines can rack up. And so actually there was a woman uh, here locally, uh, actually in Lake Wiley, who just won a lawsuit against her homeowner association who had levied about $12,000 in fines against her. Wow. And you're just stuck. I mean, I mean the HOAs are their their own thiefdom, I guess you could say, or kingdom. Let's, let's call it kingdom. Um, and if you do have an out-of-control HOA, you just really are in a miserable spot. Oh, you really are. And one of the interesting things, the, the, uh, neighborhood that I came from previously uh, was interesting because there was a there was a lot of battles with the HOA and I actually joined the HOA later um, on after a number of the battles were done <laughs> to try to clean up a little bit of the mess yeah. and one of the things that was really interesting about it is, is is how quickly those things devolve in are just based off disputes between neighbors that don't yeah. like each other right um, you know the constant phone calls of you know their tree is over here on my property their trash can is not screened right. appropriately and you know a lot of these um, violations so like that become a weapon of people in the mm-hmm. neighborhood that don't like you mm-hmm. um, in order to report and everything and to cause additional trouble. Yeah. So it's, it's very difficult in those kind of situations to be able to ensure that the HOA stays on course and it doesn't mm-hmm. become a weapon for neighbors, you know, just, you know, Hatfields and McCoys inside your yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. So uh, we had a very, very um, violent, physically violent neighbor um, that moved into an old neighborhood that we were in and we did not have an HOA and I kind of wish I had one because then we'd have some kind of mediation through there. But, um, you know, he anyways. um, So I I just suggest that if you are in a situation where you have a violent neighbor move. Yeah. Life is just (laughs) not worth dealing with people like that. Yeah. Life is way too short for things like that. People want to weaponize the HOA. I know. I mean, again, I appreciate my I mean, I don't want to rust it out car. Mm -hmm. You know, know, Mm -hmm. the things that make sure that my property is not devalued. Right. Because in most HOAs, you are close, close proximity with your homes. Right. A lot of that makes total sense. But as, as we see with anything, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, yeah, right? I know, <laughs> so, I know. And, so, and, so, and some Since, people get their big heads. Yes, like the North men from Richmond. Or, wait, I just said uh, that wrong. It just all the circles back, from, doesn't it? It all is going to circle back. The rich men our, north of Richmond. Richmond. Yes, absolutely. All roads lead back to that <laughs> to song. Oliver Anthony. Apparently. <laughs> with the time we've got left, though, yeah. uh, budget. Um, yeah, obviously, let's go budget. what's going um, Any, I mean, is sept- week of September 11th is last here. we heard for a vote. Right. I'm ready. I was goofing. I'm, I was goofing around on uh, the show I did last week. PBS uh, on PBS. It's called State Line. The TV show. The TV show. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> the, the television show that you were on last week and <laughs> yeah. not here talking to your constituents. <laughs> constituents. And, uh, but the joke, the joke that I made and it's true is like, man, one of the, the toughest bills that we have done as a state is the abortion bill. That abortion bill was also led by females. Mm. 
That was one and done. And Why done. are you attacking women? I, and Why I, are all you females attacking but women? But when it had to deal with one of the most controversial, tough bills that women led, it was done and done and done, right? And we got it over with. And now we're sitting there waiting on these men to get the budget passed. And I'm like, come on, guys. Let's, well, it's, put, it's, let's it's get similar. us women at the table. Mm -hmm. And I, you know what? We'll hash it out. I mean, there'll be a little bit of cat fighting, but that's okay. That's what we do. And we get it done. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is, is I should be a budget writer. That's what I'm thinking. See, I'm saying, I think Aaron. it would be an amazing test case. Yeah. Um, obviously, it, it probably would never play politically. Yeah. But I think it'd be an it'd be an amazing test case to 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 segment out the male budget writer legislators, the female budget writer legislators, uh -huh. and let you all come around to a budget and like yeah. that and see basically who won and by one who brought the who brought the best least contentious thing who had negotiated things and uh -huh. got it good where everybody could get behind it. It would be an interesting case study yeah. in in political in politics to see how that shook out. <laughs> Yeah, I now think speaking so. as a man, I don't think that we would want that. I feel like we would probably come out on the worst. The, so here, here's what would happen in that situation: you all would go in and have a really thoughtful, deep, in, you know, uh -huh. thing like that. Guys, in order just to make sure we won, would throw together whatever was necessary to make it won. <laughs> yeah. Just because we don't want to lose the women, lose forget to us. the right. forget the consequences, right. forget who's getting money and that. It's like we just want to win, so we're gonna throw together a budget that makes sure we win. Yeah. You all will put thought, effort, and everything like that into it. We'd be just like, no, we just want to win. Yeah, we'll fix. We'll, we'll We'll fix it. We'll fix the rest later. We'll fix the rest yeah, later. Yeah, I, I know. You know, I think diversity of thought is always healthy. And I, I kid and joke around about um, our male mount counterparts. Um, but the budget is, this is nothing new. So if you even look back into history in democratic times, about 40% of the time they got the budget uh, on time, but 60% of the time and back in, you know, the, the 80s, 90s, 2000s, they didn't get the budget on time. So yeah. this isn't a Republican or a Democrat issue. I think it's a process issue. Um, it is very eye-opening to me how government actually does the budgeting. Um, I feel like we should really do deeper dives into agency budgets to see where the money is. There's things that's called reoccurring expenses. And so you and I know in our own life, when you have a, I don't know, your insurance bill that gets drafted out of your account. Um, thank you, Coble, for, for supporting <laughs> direct, my shoe I habit. I have direct experience <laughs> yes, with that, as a matter of fact. You don't feel it, right? Because it's a reoccurring expense or you know it's coming and you don't look at it as, like, as well as you should. And that, the same thing happens in the uh, state budget. So, um, you know, I really would love to be able to go all the way down and go back to zero-based budgeting and, and dive into it. But um, that would be that female thing that, that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, no. Well, and being deliberative is important. We want deliberative <laughs> budget writing and everything like that. In fact, matter of fact, I was just reminded via text that I am scheduled to have a uh, lunch meeting with one of the said male budget writers <laughs> who also has a show on this radio network. Yes, and I have, a I have a feeling that some, some of the things that I was hoping to see <laughs> this budget may just all of a sudden been vetoed out. I may not be making it into the final draft. So thanks a lot, Senator Sawyer. I appreciate it. Oh, that is too funny. No, I mean, that's what I said. Again, I think it's just the process. It's not the people. No. I, don't, I don't put it or lay blame in any of those folks because, again, under Democratic-controlled um, General Assembly, they did not get the budget in on time or, or before July 1. And it, and it is tough. I mean, there's $32 billion. Well, but 60% of the time, they got it in every time. No, Well, I mean, but $32 billion, that's a lot. Wow, just completely, wow. You get on me think right zing the 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 male people in our audience know exactly where that reference was little anchor man playoff there uh, it was just, it really you get on me for not knowing rich men from <laughs> richmond but you don't know anchor man Wow. I do not know Anchorman. Of the two of us that have been the biggest disappointment for this show, <laughs> you just passed me. I'm just sorry. You just passed me. 
That's funny. No, but I mean, going back to that, I mean, and it's, it is tough. There's um, a lot of personalities, a lot of uh, back and forth between the House and the Senate, um, different ideas. But at the end of the day, they always come through and they get it done. Um, so they say the September 11th will be or the week of the September 11th is what's coming out. Um, and, you know, you got to think about it. Once um, Chairman Zane and those folks get their stuff finalized, it takes at least seven days for the folks in the back of the House to actually plug in all the numbers, get the budget going, go to OSPM and get it out. So um, they're, they're working hard. It's not that they're sitting up there just twiddling their thumbs. They are actually working very hard to get things resolved. Oh, yeah. Well, and nobody wants to be in Raleigh any longer than they have to be. Yeah. A lot of these folks really, really love to be home yes, <laughs> with their families, absolutely. actually talking to their constituents and being able to do things. <laughs> Maybe not all their constituents, but a, a, a certain segment of them. Back in Raleigh next week? Yes. I'll be up there for a couple of days and get some stuff done. So, all right. Yeah. Great. Well, it was great being back with you this Sir, week. Thank and thank you. you, everybody, for listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio. Have a great, safe weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.